When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Hello and welcome to the Football Social Daily Premier League podcast. Premier League football is back seven days a week and so are we. And whilst it feels like there's maybe too much football going on, there's never really too much football. Let's be honest, we are absolutely loving the fact that there's pretty much a game every 24 hours. And also every 24 hours is a fresh new podcast. If you're listening to the podcast right now and you're loving it, don't forget to hit subscribe and you'll get a brand new episode every single day. That's Premier League news, reviews, gossip, lots of insight, slash opinion, fan opinion, loads of arguing, loads of nonsense, everything that you want to hear about the Premier League as it stands. Now, this weekend is very much following the trend of the new normal. We've only got two Premier League games to talk about, but we're saved by our old friend, the FA Cup. So there's four matches as the FA Cup kicks back into gear, and we are looking forward to that massively. My name's Fergal Brennan, and joining me on the show today, we've got Dave Scott, aka Kid on Twitter. If you follow him on Twitter, if you don't follow him on Twitter, why why are you not following on Twitter? Dave, how are we doing? Yeah, doing very well, thank you. Well, the, the sunshine seems to have buggered off for the rest of the year, doesn't it? But aside from that, very good, mate. It's been a slow week for football, hasn't it? It has indeed, has indeed. <laughs> uh, and we've also got Jack Gorn, Northern Football Correspondent for the Daily Mail. Jack, how are we? I'm not too bad. You're just like wondering where all this sun's gone in Manchester it's absolutely miserable isn't it well, I think we've been we've been We're kind of normal that is the yeah, normal. Yeah. Yeah. well this is this is a real Manchester summer you know a little bit of rain a little bit of sun just to kind of tease you and then you just have to kind of get on with the reality which is a steady a steady light rain for the next nine months it's alright I like being out in my coat and shorts that's fine <laughs> that is planning that's planning for every eventuality coat and shorts wrap your coat around your legs wrap your shorts around your arms you sorted okay Enough, enough shorts and <laughs> shorts and coats chat. Let's get into the football now. As I mentioned, just the two Premier League games uh, over the weekend, which is in a kind of odd way a little bit of a rest, considering we've been gorging on uh, on football for the last uh, few days. Liverpool, I'm sure you guys are absolutely delighted at being confirmed as Premier League champions. Uh, in case you've been living under a rock for the last 48 hours, Liverpool are now Premier League champions. First time in 30 years, Liverpool are the English champions. Before we get into the games, you guys. You know, must be delighted. Just, just a, a word on Liverpool being crowned champions, Dave. Uh, 
Is that the one <laughs> that word, word you're giving us? That, that, that's the one word, yeah. Um, <laughs> ex- expected, I suppose. Uh, Jack, obviously, listen, we, we all know this has been coming and depending on... Um, where you sit on the debate of them being champions one thing that is is what you know you guys are probably having to admit through gritted teeth is that they are fully deserved and I think the Palace game the other night demonstrated that their level hasn't really dropped and they are just a little bit above everyone else in the Premier League well yeah it makes no odds to me I'm a neutral I support a League One club but um, yeah they've been the best uh, they've been the best team all season haven't they and they've not always played brilliantly but they've managed to grind out results where you know Everyone else in the top six has, has floundered, haven't they? Including Manchester City. So you can't you can't decry their their achievements. They've been uh, they've been excellent from start to finish. Okay, from a team at the top of the table to a team definitely at the bottom of the table, Aston Villa. It's not really been a fantastic restart to the season for Dean Smith's side. Uh, they struggled in the opening game against Sheffield United, got a big slice of luck with that ridiculous VAR decision, um, then lost to Chelsea, picked up a point at Newcastle in midweek, which probably keeps their head above water. So this weekend they uh, play host to Wolves, West Midlands derby. Um, this kind of gets lost in the derby noise when we talk about Premier League derbies. These, as, as a fan base, really dislike each other. And obviously Villa fans will be uh, parroting the line of the bigger club, but Wolves are comfortably the more successful one at the moment. So we're going to focus on Villa. We touched on Wolves last week. Uh, Jay waxed lyrical about how Wolves might catch Manchester United in the race for fourth. So in terms of Newcastle, Looking at their running, this is the way we always look at relegation battles and we go, where are they going to get points? Can they get a win here? Or can they maybe get a point off one of the big boys? Villa, compared to their rivals, have got a really difficult running. After this Wolves game, they've still got to play Liverpool, Manchester United and Arsenal. Dave, I'll go to you first on this. Given those three games and the Wolves game this weekend, are they doomed? Yeah, I I think today uh, in any other part of the season Villa I mean outside of the derby probably would have taken a point but looking at the fixtures coming into the end of the season it's definitely it feels like a must win game uh, and obviously the form coming back post lockdown hasn't been fantastic and I think Villa very much epitomised the the one uh, one man team uh, Jack Grealish isn't playing well and Villa aren't playing well either uh, and he was woeful again against uh, Newcastle so if he doesn't turn up today then I, I think that they're ready for the drop if you look I mean the, the last game of the season could be really telling I think they've got um, is it West Ham last game of the season that Villa, Villa have got so that could be a huge one but they're not going to they've got United I can't see them picking up three points uh, they play Everton Arsenal like you said and then you look at what, who Wolves have got coming back Adam Traore is back to full fitness. I think he came off the bench during the week, and Jimenez is flying. It's going to be it's going to be a tough game. But if if, if Villa have any um, intent of staying up this season, then this has got to be this is a must win game for them. Uh, Jack, as Dave said, obviously Grealish has been the focus for Villa this season. The form he's been in, the performances, the couple of big points away from home that he's managed to to drag them over the line in. But is it too much for him to to place on his shoulders? Considering they they can't seemingly buy a goal from their strikers. Is it too much to ask for you know a number ten an attacking midfielder to not only get the goals to to keep them up but pull in the performances and show the type of leadership that's needed? Yeah, I also think the the other thing with Grealish is that it probably it means too much for him, um, and he's guilty of trying a little bit too hard uh, because others around him aren't contributing in a creative sense. He's taking on the taking on on the responsibility, and when as a player when you try too hard, you end up forcing things. Uh, and your own performance slips. I mean, they just they just don't score goals, do they? And you look at the look at the some of the teams they're playing uh, in the next seven. They've got teams who don't concede goals. I just I can't see where they're going to get the results. I mean, you mentioned the Arsenal game before. 
Arsenal's probably one of the easier fixtures they've got at home. That's probably one of the ones where you go, they might, they not, might nick a win there. Um, probably. They, they, I mean, they probably need probably need eleven points from the last seven games to to be in with a shout of staying up, which means at least three wins. I just I don't see where they're coming from. Dave, one, I was just going to say, Dave, one of the things when you look at these clubs in this sort of situation, and I like Jack says, you try and get the calculator out and work out if they're going to have enough to hit 40 or just survive. And if you're in Aston Villa's position, you want to be playing against teams that have got nothing left to play for. You want to be playing against mid-table sides that are just wanting to run the clock out. Wolves are pushing for Europe. Yes, Liverpool have won the league, but I, I can't really see them taking their foot off the gas that much. United are going for top four. Everton are, you know, kind of flickering hopes for Europa, same as um, Arsenal. West Ham, as you pointed out, that final day game, that could be a relegation playoff. This is a disaster for Villa, that run of games. Like, they, they want to be playing Palace at home, which they've got. That's the only kind of game they'll be looking forward to. They want someone like Burnley at home. They want a team that has got nothing left to play for, and that's just not happening for them. No, not at all. Not at all. And if you if you look uh, how that how their running compares to the the teams around them, is it that they've definitely got the, the worst running? Um, but I mean, a lot of the damage was done earlier on in the season, and they're not in this position for any other reason except for the form. Uh, but just touching on the Grealish thing, uh, it is a lot of pressure to put on a young young lad's shoulders. Uh, they should have been they should have bought wiser in the in, in the summer for me. But yeah, I, I just can't I, I can't see like if, if you're talking eleven points from them last seven games, then it's it's they've not got a chance at all. Happily, they think they're going down no I don't and, and in terms of the game today Jack like Wolves again we all keep falling into this trap or I certainly feel like I'm falling into this trap of it, it can't keep going it can't keep being rosy for them all the time the, the season started in 2016 and they're still playing games and still winning games and they're still in the Europa League but they've returned to form and they look actually better than they did before lockdown. They were excellent against Wolves. They had to dig in a little bit against Bournemouth uh, to get a 1-0 win, but they still look streets ahead of them. Given the fact that, as you say, Aston Villa are fighting for their lives and, and Wolves look so strong, it's difficult to see beyond the Wolves winning this game. And, and Jay mentioned it on the pod last week, uh, revealing himself as a, a bit of a secret Wolves fan, probably because United have played themselves so many times this season. Um, <laughs> you've got to be going for a Wolves win here, no? Uh, yeah, would it, yeah, you'd expect Wolves to win. Uh, they've looked really polished, haven't they, over the last week or two? Um, and as I was saying before, like teams that aren't conceding goals, Wolves have kept two clean sheets, but they've only given up two shots on target in those two games. And yeah, all right, they're playing West Ham and Bournemouth, but it's a really strong. I mean, it's been interesting to see the teams that have hit the ground running since they come back, and the teams that have struggled. So like Sheffield United uh, have obviously been fairly poor, but Wolves, as you said, that they've, they've come back and they've they've got up. A couple of notches, which is a real surprise. You didn't think anyone would be able, any any of the teams would be able to to go on and better what they were doing before. But the the manager's great, isn't he? It's like they're obviously all playing for him, and um, uh, they're just so well drilled. But with that kind of flair going forward. Okay, I'd agree. I'm going for three points, just like Jack and, and Villa getting pushed closer and closer to a return to the championship. Dave, would you follow on from that? You've seen a huge amount of Wolves this season as a United fan. Um, three points for them yeah definitely I've seen more Wolves than I want to see for the next few years but yeah <laughs> fantastic team and just Nuno I worry for Wolves in the summer like the amount of talent they've got on the bench in terms of the manager and the players how they're going to keep hold of them but I think they'll kick on again today and be Villa 
Okay, so that's three for three. Uh, the other Premier League game this weekend is Watford at home to Southampton. Now, on last week's pod, we touched on Watford and, and their chances of staying up and we kind of thought that they would probably had a strong st- strong uh, ability to stay in the Premier League. But given the fact that there's still so many games to go, obviously it's difficult to, to assess that at this stage. So we're going to look at Southampton, the visitors to Vicarage Road today. A little bit of a mixed uh, return to action for them. They look really good beating Norwich. Yes, you can say it's only Norwich in the bottom of the table, but they really, really put them to the sword. And even losing to Arsenal in midweek, uh, I think they look quite impressive. Uh, the first goal was obviously gifted to Eddie Niketa, and then Arsenal just kind of hung on. Southampton probably, speaking as an Arsenal fan, probably deserved a point, uh, but obviously that didn't pan out for them and, and they lost their first game on the restart of the season. The question that I want to put to you both is, and this might sound a bit ridiculous, when I was when I was writing the notes uh, in preparation for this show, I thought this is either going to be something the lads will get on board with or something they're going to laugh me out of the house for. Can Southampton, Jack, I'll go to you on this first, can Southampton make a push for Europe? As it stands, there's seven points off seventh with eight games to go. There's a load of teams that are dropping points in and around them that are meant to be nailed on Europa League teams. Is it beyond the realms to think that they could get into the Europa? Eight points behind seventh with seven games to go. No, they can't. I think you answer your own question. It's too, uh... <laughs> it's, uh... It, no, it's it's too tight. I mean, it's one of those, isn't it? If it kind of if the season went on for another five, six, seven games, then maybe they did have a did have a chance because they are looking quite good. And I quite like them on the break as well. Actually, they're, they're pretty they're pretty quick on the break. But I just yeah, I, they got too much too, too much ground to, to make up. And actually, they're one of the teams where they're probably, as you mentioned before, they're not really playing for much, are they? Which might liberate them. I don't know. Dave, are you going to give? You're normally a, a glass half full character, unlike Jack. Unlike Jack, can you see? You know, I, I, yes, there's obviously ground to make up. When, when you look at the runner games, yes, they play City, but they've also got Everton who are in the shake-up for Europa. They've got Brighton at home. They've got Bournemouth away. They've got Sheffield United on the last day of the season. It's not a run-in from hell if they were to kind of drag themselves into eighth or ninth and then put a bit of pressure going into them last few games do you think it's completely unrealistic given the fact they've got someone like Danny Ings at the top of the team who's one of the most informed strikers in the Premier League this season uh, I don't know I, I'm glad that you think I'm optimistic and half glass full but I think that's, <laughs> that, I think that's reaching slightly I think if you look, if you look at Southampton's um, before Christmas um, before they got the new manager I think many people thought that Southampton were going down and they were, then when they got that impressive run was it around Christmas time and I think there was talk about the Europa League spots then uh, but they all fell off the pace a bit but like Jack said I, I just these are the sort of games now where when fans aren't in the stadium and you haven't really got anything to play for. Because I, I don't think Southampton realistically believe that they can push on for your Europa League spots. So It's just me that believes that. I think so. <laughs> Closet Saints fan there, maybe. <laughs> maybe Fergal. Um, but yeah, I, I just can't see. I mean, Everton away, United away, uh, City on the road. I, I just it, 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 It's too much of a task. Okay. Well, touching have, you, up- have you just said that to wind, wind Nile up? Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, uh, listen, <laughs> any club that plays on the South Coast that doesn't wear blue shirts, Niall doesn't like. You know, I'd be I'd be hard-pushed not to annoy him. Any sort of South, South Coast club, he's got some sort of beef with. Um, just quickly on Watford, as I say, we, we touched on them a bit last week and we, we kind of said that we thought they'd have enough, but just want to get your guys' views on it very quickly. Um, not be the greatest return to action, draw against Leicester and then losing up at Burnley in midweek. Tough-ish running for them. They've got Chelsea away. They've got Man City. They've got Arsenal away. Um, do we think they've got enough to survive? Do you think the experience, the likes of Dini, Ben Foster in goal, they've got a very experienced defence. Jack, do you think they'll be okay? 
uh, I did think they were going to be okay until I was. I, I went to that Burnley game on Thursday and was pretty shocked at how poor they were. Actually, uh, even Foster was quite erratic in goal, which you never kind of you never normally see. Uh, and Pearson was quite uh, chippy after, um, which you definitely never seen. <laughs> I I thought to be honest, I thought we were going to be in for a, another ostrich moment at one point in the presser. Uh, <laughs> One of, the, one of the lads from down south who was on a Zoom call, who obviously covers Watford, asked him. About, they I think they, they played four four two the first half, and he said, "Oh, do you think the do you think the change of change of shape was the was the problem? Uh, do you think the players struggle because they change of shape?" And you should have honestly should have seen Pearson's face. I thought he was going <laughs> to climb climb through his webcam. Was, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think so. It'd be I don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting because they've got loads of quality players. Um, and I thought they were okay against Leicester, to be fair, but they were they were they were awful against Burnley on Thursday. Yeah, maybe it was a one-off. I don't know. Burnley do have that ability when they know that they're up against it to make sure they get those results, particularly at Turf Moor. I mean, I think there's a little bit of for every bit that Watford were misfiring, Burnley just know exactly what to do at Turf Moor to make sure they're okay. Yeah, it was classic. Well, it was a classic Burnley uh, result and performance, really. Like backs against the wall. There's quite a lot of talk about Deitch's future and obviously the reprehensible banner from Monday night that has brought a lot of focus on the club and the town. So it was one of those where it's like you kind of expect a Burnley performance and, and, and a win, uh, which is just in keeping with how they've how they've done under Deitch for kind of eight years now. Yeah. So in terms of calling this one, Watford uh, home to Southampton. Dave, I'll go to you on this. Uh, I, I'm struggling to think of a name of a derby for this. You know, we're living in a world now where derbies are named after motorways, uh, but I don't think we can give this any sort of a, a derby name. Uh, Hertfordshire, Hampshire, the Hshire derby we'll go for. Uh, how do you see this one going, Dave? Uh, I actually think Watford will win. I think I think, I think they've got more a lot more riding on this because, um, like I said before, Southampton. So they haven't got anything else in the season that they're pushing for. So I think if Watford get an early goal, then I just can't see Southampton trying to get out of third gear to try and push for any more points. Uh, but you're touching on Watford, Watford's running. Watford have got Norwich at home uh, and they've also got West Ham, which I think uh, I think they probably to get a point. I think Watford will stay up and I think they'll win today. Fair enough. Jack, would you follow along with that? I think it'd be a draw. Um, didn't really see enough from Watford going forward the other night to suggest that they'd, they'd be able to score the goals needed to beat Southampton who I would expect to score Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, I think I would agree. I think I'm going to go for a draw. You, you've talked me down off my uh, lofty position of Southampton in Europe. Fair enough, fellas. Uh, we're going to call it there for the first half of the show. We've had Nigel Pearson and his famous ostrich. Southampton fans being told to keep their passports in the draw, for now at least. Uh, join us after the break where we're going to be previewing all four FA Cup games this weekend. Join us in a minute. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. 
Hello and welcome back to the Football Social Daily Premier League podcast. Football is back in action in the last few weeks and we are all absolutely delighted here at the Football Social Daily team. That means that we're back to seven days a week. Every day you can get a fresh new episode of all things Premier League. Simply hit subscribe on this episode and you can get a fresh one every single morning. No questions asked. Now, before the break, we preview the Premier League games happening this weekend. We're now going to move on to FA Cup action. Dave Scott, a.k.a. our kid... Manchester United FA Cup quarter final away at Norwich. I'm going to go to you on this one. What does the first trophy for Manchester United mean for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer in terms of keeping himself in the job, giving himself a bit of a cushion in the job? Um, will it ease the blow if they miss out on top four? Uh, if anyone give me the option of uh, an FA Cup win or the uh, top four, I'd probably take top. I'd take top four in the context of the season. We're not going to be able to go to Wembley, so I'm not too sure what the experience will be like uh, to, to win the FA Cup and, and, and not be there. Uh, but in terms of Solskjaer keeping his job, I think you know everybody wants to, to, to lift silverware towards the end of the season, and it would be a fantastic achievement because of... I mean, and, and I've been very critical of Solskjaer, especially the pre-Fernandez signing, but I, I just got to give credit where credit's due because uh, we've come back from lockdown and it just, I, I can't get over the difference that one player's made in that team. It just seems to have elevated us so much. Uh, fully expect us to, to beat Norwich today, although I expect them to make a, a ring of changes uh, across the board because of the game's coming thick and fast. Uh, but, you know, United away at Norwich, uh, in the FA Cup, you'd expect us to win this one. Jack, one thing we touched on in the first half is teams with nothing to play for. Uh, and we're making the assumption that they can be not very dangerous and it's almost an ideal situation. Given the fact that Norwich probably already know that they've been relegated, this is the chance for a bit of a a last hurrah in 2019-20 for them. Do you expect Daniel Farke to go for this in terms of his selection? Or do you think, given the fact that they're not actually dead and buried, he's got a bit of a duty to make sure the Premier League is still the priority? Uh, if, if I was manager in Norwich, I'd probably look at it as play your best team. If you can get a result, then maybe it'll breed a winning mentality and they might go on a little bit of a run. Obviously, they're down, but there is an element, element of restoring a little bit little bit of pride over the next few weeks. Um th- I can't make a case for him making changes today. Uh it's 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 an <clears throat> FA Cup quarter final at the end of the day and he got Man United at home so I, I can't see why he wouldn't go with his his strongest team and then he might might turn around and go if if he can get a if he get a win today then maybe the confidence levels are, are boosted su- sufficiently enough to go go and get another couple of wins in in the league. But do you think that's the way it's going to pan out? Are we going with we're going to go with the favourites here? United to win away and get into the semis. Yeah, yeah, I think Norwich have been way too meek since uh, since the re- well all season really. Uh, I can't see anything other than a United win. And Dave Bruno's made you fall back in love with Oli a little bit in the last couple of months. Uh, Star in performance from the Portuguese midfielder today and United into the last four. Yeah, I actually think Fernandez might uh, might not play or he might come off the bench today. I, I think it, it will, we'll see a massive change across the the midfield. Uh, I think Greenwood will play a lot more. Um, but yeah, uh, th- things are very very, very optimistic uh, as they were before Christmas. So yeah, I'm very happy with Fernandez and hopefully him and Pogba can kick on now. 
Brilliant stuff. Uh, moving on to tomorrow's games, Sheffield United against Arsenal. Uh, I mentioned before the break, uh, ridiculous derby names. So I'm going for the hot potato derby for this one uh, in that both sides are desperately in need of concentrating on the Premier League. Uh, Arsenal, as well as the unseasonable hot weather in the northwest of England, have been giving me sleepless nights with their performances in the last couple of weeks. A little bit of hope against Southampton the other day. Sheffield United, um, it's, it's all kind of gone a little bit flat since the season's restarted. They were unlucky in that game against Villa, as I mentioned, but since then they've had it tough going and they look miles off the pace against Man United uh, in their last game. Given the fact that these two teams are almost like, no, you first, no, you first. Uh, Jack, how do you see this one going? I really don't know because you'd expect some sort of reaction from Sheffield United, but then I thought there was going to be one the other day and there there wasn't. Um, I just like looking at the table, actually. Sheffield United could finish in the bottom half quite comfortably. Which would be such a shame yeah. if it unravelled to that extent. Um, and with Arsenal, I think it'd be, it's interesting with Arsenal because Arteta won a trophy because uh, he's he's similar to Pep and they're obsessed with winning silverware. Uh, but actually, I think winning a trophy, just going back to what Dave was saying about United, that he'd, he'd probably take top four. If I was an Arsenal fan, I'd probably look at it and go... I could do without the Europa League next year. The, the club doesn't make that much money out of it, and it'd be in, it'd be good to see a year or a season's worth of football under Arteta without the distraction of Europe and just seeing where they can where he can take them. Um, Dave, would you go along with that? Considering the fact that Sheffield United is it's really difficult to to kind of balance expectations. They've overperformed so far this season, and now this is the probably the stickiest patch of form they've had, uh, aside from losing to Liverpool and Man City just after Christmas. But Chris Wilder does seem like the type of character not to not to pigeonhole him, but he does seem like the type of character to value the FA Cup. He knows that it's been so long since Sheffield United have won a major trophy that if he could be the man to to do that, then that statue of him in the middle of Sheffield is is absolutely guaranteed. Um, next to Sean Bean, do you think do you think he'll do you think he'll have enough here? There does seem to be the sense, and, and I can say this as an Arsenal fan, there does seem to be the sense that Arteta wants to just concentrate on the Premier League whereas Wilder maybe can't help himself to still value the FA Cup yeah I mean I can't see Arteta sending his, sending Arsenal out not to try and get get the win uh, I do I do really have sympathy with Sheffield United because they were the great romantic story of the of the league weren't they before lockdown the sort of form they were the form they were in and it just it shows how much momentum can help alongside uh, talent uh, and, and that's really not the win out of Sheffield United I think they'll struggle uh, at home uh, against Arsenal because they really enjoy the sort of the the, the fans on their side Um I think Arsenal, Arsenal obviously got the better eleven on the pitch, um, but whether whether or not they want to win, I'm not too sure. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'd like to see Sheffield United win. Sorry, Fergal, but uh, you know, <laughs> just 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 to get a bit more a bit a bit more romance in their season because they, they, they do deserve to be able to end the season on a high. But the worst thing for them would be to ask all the questions of what ifs, what 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 would happened if uh, the the coronavirus hadn't struck? Could we have got top four or top, you know, or Europa League spots? So it'd be an interesting hot potato derby, as you say. Uh, Jack, I'm going to throw the hot potato over to you, uh, Chris Wilder style. How do you think this one's going to go, prediction wise? Uh, Arsenal, just. Oh, just uh, that puts me on a spot. Uh, I can't go against my own team. Come on, I can't. I can't go against <laughs> Arsenal. Even though logically, I do think uh, 
it'll be Chris Wilder holding the hot potato at the at full time. I, I can't. I can't. It's almost gagging me to say it. I cannot go against Arsenal. So, yeah, I'm going to go Arsenal. Uh, so, two wins for Arsenal from the, the Football Social Daily team. Uh, so, that's according to our predictor, Arsenal and Manchester United into the last four. Uh, joining them will be another two teams. Leicester against Chelsea. This looks like a brilliant game because Leicester, prior to lockdown, we were all massively impressed with. They seem to have third place wrapped up. Um, any sort of lingering doubts would, would dismissed because United and Chelsea were too busy fighting with each other to get into the top four. Um, is this a little bit of a concern for, for Rodgers, uh, Dave, in terms of their return form hasn't been great. Now suddenly United and Chelsea are, are right behind them. Chelsea are only a point behind them. This again comes back to, to priorities. Does he stick or twist? Does he go for the fact that they could maybe win a trophy here and, and then suffer? Or, or do they have the squad to do both? Uh, they definitely don't have the squad to do both. And if I was a, if I was a Leicester fan, I would not be begrudging Brendan Rodgers for playing a weakened team today. I think I said on this podcast uh, about January time that if I see United overtaking anyone in the top four, then it will be Leicester. If Jamie Vardy isn't scoring for them, very very similar to Grealish playing well for Villa. If Vardy isn't scoring for, for Leicester, then they they really do struggle. Um, so I, I, for me, I'd expect him to put, put to put a, a Leicester team out and concentrate on the league. It, it, he really has to because I can't. I can't see him. Uh, I can't see Leicester winning the FA Cup. But you know, if they can grind out results in the in the league table and they can try and hold on to the top four. Jack, it's an interesting one with Leicester because when we consider the journey they've been on since winning the Premier League, which shocked us all, uh, probably the biggest shock ever in the Premier League. Now, fan perceptions have changed slightly because of the position they've found themselves in. Are fans maybe a bit frustrated that top four's not been wrapped up and they could have a nice nice cushion inside the Champions League spots that they could make a real run at the FA Cup? Now we're talking about having to balance players and, and move things around in order to make sure that they, their season just doesn't tail off. Do you think Leicester fans are maybe right in that, that assertion? No, I think... <sighs> I think if you were the manager of that club, you'd be disappointed if fans were upset that they'd not kind of wrapped up the top four. Given that it's not a squad with a massive amount of depth, beyond the starting eleven, there's not a huge amount of resources to kind of call upon, which means he's got to be really careful with his team selections. Um, and they were they, they were always going to have a little bit of a dip Um it seems to have come now, which is a bit of a uh, bit of an annoyance for them. But what what could be expected of Brendan? What was expected of Brendan Rodgers at the start of the season? I don't think that I don't think getting into the Champions League was expected of him. Um, they've still had a brilliant season. It's just one of those things about momentum, isn't it? If you're there all year, then you're expected to stay there. But the kind of season's ba- season balances itself out by the end. Uh, and it, I think I think they've got a little bit of a challenge on their hands to to tread water and stay there. Uh, before we do a prediction on this game, we'll do a, we'll do a top four prediction. Uh, just a quick yes or no, Jack. Do Leicester stay in the top four? Yes. By the skin of their teeth. Fair enough. Uh, Dave, would you go along with that? Do you think Brendan Rodgers' side have got enough to stay the course? No, I don't, I don't, I don't think that. I, I think the last game of the season, United play Leicester, and I think that'll be decisive. But I, I think United will go on to win the rest of the games in the league this season. I'm not being glass half full, but I think United will take Leicester's spot in the top four. 
Oh, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, in terms of predictions for this game, Leicester, you know, we've discussed them and the issues they've had since the season's restarted. Chelsea, on the other hand, have been fairly impressive. Uh, Frank Lampard will be delighted that it was him that handed Liverpool the Premier League title by beating Manchester City. Uh, and they look good against City, particularly in the second half, to, to weather the storm that Pep and his players threw at them. Um, how do we see this one going? Jack, I'll go to you first on this. Chelsea and Leicester, this is almost like a, a top four playoff rehearsal uh, that the FA Cup's thrown up um, Lampard's also got to get his priorities right obviously he's got a bigger squad with more international players that he's able to rotate how do you see this one going? I think it'll be tight a Chelsea to nick it late on I think um, I think they'll have too much from the bench Fair enough uh, Dave would you go along with that do you think given the fact that Chelsea's squad you know the players that are included that they can bring in the likes of Pulisic Willian who scored for them against City and, and rotest, uh, rot- rotest road test uh, younger players like Gilmore in the in the FA Cup this season do you think they're going to have too much yeah, I, I definitely do. Um, I, th- I, th- I think Chelsea have been playing some. They've had some bad results over the season, but when they actually get going, they play some really nice football. And as I said, I think Le- I think Leicester will box clever and play. Um, a, a, they'll rest players today in hope to try and uh, secure them top four. So I think I think Chelsea will win comfortably today. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Uh, I think it might be a little bit tighter. Probably just I, I would say just the odd goal. Leicester don't tend to concede that much at home. But as you say, Rodgers is under pressure now not to let top four slip away, and, and Chelsea have got enough players to to spread themselves across the games that are required so that's Chelsea into the Football Social Daily uh, hat for the semi-final final FA Cup quarter-final is Newcastle against Manchester City up at St James's Park now Pep we touched on the Chelsea game uh, a minute ago rested quite a few players for the trip to, Sta- uh, trip to Stamford Bridge and it cost him I'm not saying it cost him the title um, but it cost him you know a few more days of Liverpool not being crowned champions Um Guardiola does have form for this, Jack, in terms of taking players out and making a lot of tactical changes and trying to kind of almost finesse what he's doing to a degree that sometimes it doesn't work out. Given the fact that the Liverpool have been crowned champions, they're going to have to give them that guard of honour in the midweek game in the league. Is there the possibility they might take their eye off the ball a little bit here? Uh, yeah, there's always yeah, there's always that possibility. I mean, the, the rotation is interesting because they had... Um, they lost against Spurs in February, and they had there was quite a big row in the dressing room after that because the players, some of the players, uh, were getting sick to death of the rotation and just wanted him to pick, pick the best team every week, um, and they believe that's impacted on their, well, on them being twenty three points behind uh, behind Liverpool. Um, I mean, you look at the team he played on Thursday; it's still full of excellent players. It, they still had more than enough in that that team to win that game um, but for whatever reason they they didn't really get going did they at any point I mean apart from 10 minutes in the second half where they might have turned it from 1-0 to 2-1 I don't know it, I fear a little bit for City tomorrow it's one of those when you, Steve Bruce was asking supporters when he took over what he needed what were the kind of points that he needed to hit to win people over and it was drummed into him that he needed he needed to take the trophies, well, yeah, the domestic trophies seriously. Uh, and this is an absolutely massive game for Newcastle. It'd be it, it'd be such a spectacle with a, a full house at St James's Park, which is a bit of a shame that it's not. But they'll be Newcastle will be bang at it, and City are going to have to have to go there and and play close to the best to get a result. Um, 
uh, Dave, given the fact that Newcastle, as I say, it's been so long, 1955 since they last won uh, a competition, which was the FA Cup, and Bruce has kind of nailed his colours to the mast in terms of recognising that the fans want a trophy, um, probably above Europa League qualification, considering it's been so long. Given the fact that Guardiola's players are having to react to the fact that the title is now officially gone, uh, they're going to have to wait until at least the first week of August to try and continue that run in the Champions League. The wind does seem to be blowing in Newcastle's favour. Yes, obviously, Steve Bruce would want a packed out St James's Park for this game, but they don't have a lot left to play for in the league. Uh, and there's very strange things going on. Joel Linton scored, which is enough to you know make anyone's hair the hairs on anyone's neck stand up. I had to check the match report when I did it last weekend that I wasn't reading his name wrong. Um, can you see this being an upset? Because um, I think we've got to be straight. Yes, they are this, the home team, but it would be an upset for Newcastle to beat Pep Guardiola's Man City. But can you see it going that way, Dave? I don't know. I, I was gobsmacked last um, last Sunday. I, I fell asleep watching the first half, and then I woke up and then just see that Newcastle win three 0 and obviously John Leighton had, sc- had scored as well. Newcastle have played well since they've come back from the lockdown, um, but I just think. Pep knew that he was going to play a lesser team against uh, Chelsea. Everybody was resigned that Liverpool were going to win the league. And in many ways, City have the opposite of Leicester in that they that they can afford to, to rest players in the league because they'll concentrate on the cup. And I, I think Guardiola, given what happened uh, in terms of the gap against Liverpool, will really want the FA Cup because they, they, they've pretty much secured second place. So they've got nothing to play for in the league, but everything's for, everything to play for in the FA Cup. It'd be nice as a United fan and to, to, to see, uh, I'd rather play Newcastle if, if, if uh, we, we are to go for United, if Man United are to go through. But I, I, I think City will, will win tomorrow. Jack, would you go along with that? Do you think the kind of romanticism of Newcastle trying to break that long, long duck is, is going to be ended by Guardiola? Um, yeah, I, t- I, I think it might be in for a struggle, but it'd be stupid of me to sit here and say they're not favourites to win and I would expect them to win. But I... It just depends what city turn up. You never, you never quite certain at the moment. So who are you going for? Come on, city, city. Happy with city? Yeah, ish. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm going to go for city as well. I think uh, yes, I would like to see Newcastle in there, and and the supporters do deserve it. But football rarely rewards, you know. The romanticism that we all we all like to go for it normally rewards the clinical ability of squads full of international level players, which is definitely Manchester City. So, according to ourselves, that's Man United, Arsenal, Chelsea, and Manchester City uh, into the semi-finals. Quickly, Dave, I'll go to you first. Given that final four, who wins the FA Cup? Uh, Man United. I'm just going to be biased and keep. <laughs> I, 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 I you didn't I, even I blink there. Yeah. <laughs> Man United to win. Okay, Jack. From from a more neutral standpoint, given those four teams, who's your money on? United as well. Good man, Jack. Okay, two two votes. Right, I'm going to go against you, but I'm not going to go for Arsenal. I, I said I can't back against my own team in an individual game, but you know the goalposts move when it comes to a competition. Um, I think City. I think Guardiola is going to be so angry with the fact that the league has been lost by such a huge points margin, um, and he he has to have some extra silverware. There's no guarantees about the Champions League, despite them being in front against Madrid. There's no guarantees that they're going to win that competition. So he needs to have something in the cabinet to go alongside um, the other trophies that he's won as City boss. And I think he'll go he'll go whole hog in this competition. Um, now that we've confirmed who's going to win the FA Cup, we're just going to touch on Manchester City, my new team apparently. Um, Guardiola's going to spend big this summer, you would assume, uh, in order to close that gap on Liverpool. They've already been linked with uh, Kali Koulibaly from Napoli. I just want to get your opinion, Jack and, and Dave. Jack, we'll go with you first on this. 
where does City need to strengthen this summer to close that gap on, on Liverpool? Or are we maybe over-exaggerating? Do they already have the squad and they just need a few tweaks here and there? Yeah, they need... Uh, they do need tweaks. It's like... it's in bet- What they need is in between a rebuild and nothing. It's like they need like a little bit of a reshuffle. Cause a re-nothing. That's what they need. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, they obviously need a centre-half and he was furious that they didn't sign a centre-half last summer. Um... Koulibaly, I think, wants to join City as far as I'm aware, but whether City pay the money for him, I don't, or willing to pay the money that would be needed to sign him, I don't know. Pep suggested last week that they weren't going to sign a winger if Sane went, which would be a surprise and might be a bit of a bluff. Uh, and they kind of they want someone like Bernardo Silva who can do a bit of everything, so can play in midfield but play in the front three as well, uh, and then a fullback. Probably a right back over a left back, which people might be surprised about given the performance of Benjamin Mendy on, on Thursday night. Uh, so he wanted he wanted four before lockdown. I still think he wants four now, but it depend. It'd be interesting to see how far down the list of targets they've got to go because money. You can never say money's tight at City, but they haven't got quite as much as they uh, as they did have, and obviously all that depends on the cast appeal as well. Dave, I know you'll be concerned about Manchester City's transfer plans this summer. It might, might be keeping you awake at night. I'm just going to throw a name at you very quickly. He's been linked with Liverpool. Uh, Thiago Alcantara from Bayern Munich. He's coming into the last year of his contract. Um, the noises from Germany suggest that he's not going to sign an extension. Uh, I'm a big fan of him. Uh, his numbers are fantastic. He's been hugely influential for Bayern in their success in the Bundesliga. Do you think he could be someone that, particularly as they might be able to get him on a reduced fee, Guardiola worked with him at Barcelona when he was a kid, should he be someone that uh, City are looking at or do you think they're already well stocked in midfield? Uh, I don't know. I think uh, Silva leaves, doesn't he, in the, in the summer? I think, I think yeah. he leaves City. So I, th- I think they will be looking to sort of bring in uh, further midfielders. Uh, and yeah, he's a fantastic talent. So if they're going to get him on a reduced fee, uh, and, and even if it's a, a, a squad player, I, th- I think City's problem this season has obviously been uh, the, at the defence. Uh, and if they do sign Kulabale, he was a player that I really wanted United to sign ahead of uh, Harry Maguire. Uh, it's a fantastic defender, and um, I think sometimes a lot of times Pep is his own undoing in terms of he wants to play all this expansive football, but he doesn't concentrate uh, at the back. So he, he hasn't got the best history of signing central defenders. Um, so I, I think defensive wise is where where City would probably look to try and invest this summer. Okay, fair enough. Uh, That is all for the Football Social Daily Premier League podcast. We've covered the Premier League, we've covered the FA Cup, we've essentially predicted who's going to win the FA Cup, but as usual, we haven't come to an agreement. Don't forget, if you hit subscribe on this podcast, you'll get a fresh episode from the Football Social Daily team every single day. You can also keep up to date with your own team. Simply ask your Alexa device to enable Sports Social, select your team, and away you go. My name's been Fergal Brennan. My name's always Fergal Brennan. It's not been Fergal Brennan. And I've been joined on the show today by Jack Gorn and Dave Scott, fellas, thanks so much for joining me. Thanks very much. Nice one, thank you very much, Fergal. Have a good week. Cheers, guys, and thanks so much for listening to the show. And we'll see you again very, very soon. Daddy's trying to do a podcast. Sorry, Fergal. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.